That's a great point. Social media is throwing it back to keeping up with the Joneses. The Joneses were just worried about their neighbors. But when you got social media, everybody's your neighbor. You're, right. you're seeing absolutely everybody's lives and you're comparing yourself to them. A fraction of a life and really only what people want you to see. So a manipulated fraction. For sure. At that. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Thank you for tuning in to Critical Thinking Required. We are your hosts. This is Gary, and I'm Dan. And today we're going to be talking about social spending pressure. If you like this episode, like, share, and subscribe. Okay, let's begin. Mm-hmm. So, keeping up with the Jones is, I think we did an episode a long time ago called Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So, this is kind of a retake on some of those pieces. Mm-hmm. But this is a saying that's been along, but been along for a long, long time, right? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. This is old style. It used to be a comic strip back started in 1913, all the way up to 1940. It was about a family called the McGinnises that were trying to keep up with their neighbors, the Joneses. This is nothing new. Nothing new at all. There's actually a theory behind what this is called. It's called social comparison theory, and basically the idea is is we look at others and try to compare ourselves and judge our own characters and and personal thoughts of ourselves based on what other people's have. This is a, a, a probably a subconscious component through most of our lives. We probably don't realize this, but it shows up all the time. Gary, can you give us some examples as to where we might see this? Sure. So one of the things I like the most talk about cars uh, drive up into a parking lot. You, you know, you see the nice Audis and Porsches and you're sitting there driving in your Chevy Cruze, your Kia Soul, and uh, and you kind of wish that you had something a little nicer. That pressure that you feel, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny too, because I think a lot of times someone buys that car for all sorts of reasons, mm-hmm. but um, because they want to, they want to, impress other people and usually when you see a car like that psychologically speaking they're actually you're not typically impressed you're just thinking about what you would look like in that car <laughs> right yeah yeah but none, nonetheless um and we also see this in other other areas pretty commonly like travel for example mm-hmm. um and a lot of times this pressure is self-imposed or it's imposed uh, perhaps not intentionally to be harmful to anybody of course but by peers, right? Somebody wants to go on a big trip. Not everybody could afford the trip. You might stretch yourself a little bit more so to do so because mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out on the fun times that you're going to have with your family or friends. Um, and so we get that. And sometimes it, it's life is not fair and it is a stretch, but it, it, these things can happen without anybody trying to cause any kind of manipulation by any means. They just are present all the time, right? So whether it's traveling with friends or even simply just going out with friends to a, an event of some sort 
or mm-hmm. spending time. Everything pretty much seems to cost money. Oh, for sure. I mean, you go out to a restaurant and somebody somebody says, oh, let's just go here. You get the bill and you go, oh, I don't know what I got myself into, but I'm feeling the pressure now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where else do we see this then? Living accommodations. You go over to your friend's house. You go, man, this is a nice apartment. I wish mine was as nice. They go, well, maybe I won't invite them over next time because it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Definitely one. Yep. Or even living with people, right? We'll see mm-hmm. social pressures where people will um, perhaps buy into something that they really can't afford and thus have to have somebody come live with them or they can't afford it, but they don't want to have someone there or, you know, because they, they feel like that's not looking uh, the right appearance they want, but then it makes things really tough. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that can be more socially acceptable in different areas of the country at different ages and so on. But at the end of the day, it's really whatever tickets you, you want to write. One of my favorites is to give uh, a great story is we, we do some work with a, custom jeweler for years in the Madison area. Years ago, we did a um, a conversation uh, for a bunch of her clientele. And uh, she was telling us as we were prepping for it, that uh, she was seeing an increase of, um, of, uh, well, of, of, so of basically diamonds, the size of diamonds that young individuals were purchasing for engagement rings. And we asked her, like, what what do you think this the cause is? And she said, Oh, I'm fairly certain that I would attribute this to social media. Mm-hmm. Because you, if you get a small rock, it's less likely you're gonna flaunt that over social media. So that means that you only see really large rings for the most part. So it changes our norm as to what people are buying. When you see that and you see all your friends or or other people you might aspire to be like with larger rings, then you you feel like, oh, I'm I'm not hitting par. Now, the funny thing about that, if you will, is she said not only was she seeing that, but she was also seeing in correlation uh, people's parents co-signing on rings. That increased as well, too, because people couldn't afford that larger ring if they were still buying it. That's a great point. Social media... Just throwing it back to keeping up with the Joneses. The Joneses were just worried about their neighbors. But when you got social media, everybody's your neighbor. You're, right. you're seeing absolutely everybody's lives and you're comparing yourself to them. A fraction of a life mm. and really only what people want you to see. So a manipulated fraction. For sure. At that. And Gary, when it comes to social comparison theory, there are uh, three types of comparisons. There is. There's upward downward and lateral. So upward is looking at the people that are you view as better than you, higher up in status than you. That's the comparison upwards. Downwards is people that you look down upon who you feel aren't really at your level. They are in a little bit lower end living situation. So you don't really pay too much attention to it, but it makes you feel better. And then lateral is the people that are around you. So me and Dan go out and get get drinks and he's spending a little more than I am. I might try to keep up with him just so that I appear as an equal. Well, it also happens because Gary's going to go for beer and I'm going to probably go for bourbon. Oh, I go for gin. Or the gin. Yeah, Gary does less martinis too. So maybe, maybe Gary's spending more than me. <laughs> um, See? Yeah. So a couple facts that that we thought 
are interesting in this in this uh, in this topic. So one of which is that forty percent, because we're seeing this becoming more and more of uh, more prevalent with younger generations. Now, a lot of that is because the social media feed is hitting them, and perhaps maybe not 70, 80 year olds. But nonetheless, it, this is what we're seeing. And so 40% of millennials, um, uh, this is a, a 2018 Credit Karma report, have gone into debt just to keep up with their friends. So it's not even just spending down to paycheck to paycheck, but, but going in reverse. Uh, another interesting fact is that people will spend 18% more using credit cards then cash, cash is still king. This is according to a 2019 Forbes article. We're going to come back to maybe some tips as to how you could avoid some of this piece. So keep that fact in mind. I'll give you one more, and then we'll talk about what maybe someone can do just to kind of help stay on top of this pressure, at least the majority of the time. So uh, Northwestern Mutual did a 2018 study where they found that 25% uh, of people feel financial anxiety uh, at least once a month, and 45% severe financial uh, anxiety. 45% of those respondents said that the feelings come mainly from missing activities with family and friends. So what can people do to curve some of this pressure? It's always going to be there. And look, you know, sometimes you definitely need to go the extra mile and figure out what else could be done so that you can partake in in these things because they add to quality of life, but to do so all the time is just not sustainable. So here's a couple few tips that you can think of if you find yourself subjected to this more often than you feel comfortable with. Right. Yeah. So one of the good first steps is just having a self check-in. Don't just think about how you're feeling, how before you spend that charge the credit card, go, do I really need this? Is it really just because of the social pressure? Is my life going to be any better because I spent it? Or is it just going to feel good now and and have no effect for later? Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea is to check your social circle. Mm-hmm. In, in We don't mean that as far as I can't hang out with this person because they're not in the same social class. We would never suggest that. Mm-hmm. Uh, having that diversity is a very healthy thing. But mm-hmm. More so from a standpoint of how do your friends and family members treat money? Like, are they utilizing healthy habits to your knowledge or are they not? And therefore, perhaps providing you some guidance, assuming you can tell uh, down a path that's just not very healthy in general. Uh, So what can you kind of detract from that? Right. Yeah. Another good tip, and like throwing back to the the stat of 18% uh, spend more when they're using credit cards is to keep your wallet light. Kind of use your wallet as the budgeting tool. Have a certain set amount of money that you're comfortable spending. Put it in there. Maybe take the credit cards out before you go out drinking and and let the cash decide how much you spend. Yeah. You just, again, you, you'll spend less in cash. And then, you know, once you, you hit there, assuming you've left the debit card at home too, you only you only get so far. And my grandfather was a professional gambler, which I'm sure I've mentioned on other podcasts for 30 years of his life. And his his rule was he always used cash. And when he, at least with casinos, right? And when he showed up to the casino, he had a certain dollar amount. 
And, uh, and if he ran out of that dollar amount and he didn't have a great night, he was done. And uh, that just put his own kind of boundaries on what his, what his risk really was walking into a casino each time. Um, this is probably my favorite tip is to really practice uh, gratitude, right? So sometimes it's really difficult to not think about the things that we do have and the privileges we do have in life and get tied into thinking about what we don't have and what we have to chase. And for a number of people in the United States, um, especially who we're talking to here, have, if they have the resources to hear a podcast like this, probably have a lot more than they don't. So um, something I think just in good lie, whenever, whenever I put my daughter to sleep, uh, we always talk about three things that we feel grateful for that day. And it, it does indeed change your mindset. Mm -hmm. Gary, any final thoughts, you think? I think that last one's a great one. Practice gratitude. Be be appreciative for what you have and, and be appreciative of others for what they have. But we're all different. At the end of the day, our lives are going to look vastly different. And it's hard to compare ourselves to others because it really just isn't us. You're just looking at others. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think too. Let's it's don't beat yourself up. It's not an easy thing to ignore what is around us, but just take it in strides and try your best to, to be self-aware and know your limits. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of the day. Until next time, take care. Like and subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry to determine which investments broker dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.